Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I am Randall Carlisle, and my co-host is Rachel Santizo. Good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? You're looking great. Thank you. It's probably my shirt. Hey, I, I meant to ask you, you you've been wearing message t-shirts uh, the last couple of times. Tell us about that one, and it's a pretty important one, too. Yeah, like you said, important. It's very important to me that I... Um, that I represent organizations that really make a difference in our community. Our topics are based on things based around recovery um, and struggles. And so people that I feel are important, which well, everybody, but the people that the organizations that I'm aware of, I want to represent them and get the word out so that they can look them up and find all the goodness that they do in our community. And that's Utah Naloxone, right? Yes, yes. And, and the, message, the message is what from about naloxone. That everybody should have it, that naloxone saves lives and everyone should have it. If you don't know about it, definitely look it up and educate yourself. We are available on, you can watch us on YouTube and listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeart Podcasts. And as I mentioned last week, we actually have foreign viewers and listeners, including several in Russia. And here's the problem, Rach. I got, um, I got an email from one of the people in Russia who I think drinks cheap vodka over there, and he would like to come over and have a date with you and drink cheap vodka together. Do you have any response to him? Man, I mean, I'm, I'm super honored by that, but unfortunately, I don't drink vodka, not even the cheap stuff anymore. <laughs> well, say hi to him. I think his hi. name is, is um, uh, Igor. Hi, Igor. It's nice to meet you. Thank you. I'm flattered. Thanks for watching our podcast. Um, I told you I would buy you a bottle of good vodka if you come to America. And I can't guarantee a date with Rachel, though. We A dinner date, the three of us. Oh, we okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll play chaperone, okay? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you have done a wonderful job uh, booking some guests uh, the last couple of weeks. Who do we have today? So today we have my friend that I get to call friend, Billie Jean, and she is the founder of Addict to Advocate, which is a fantastic nonprofit for our homeless friends. And so I'll let her explain more, but I'm super honored for her to share her story and about Addict to Advocate. So thank you, Billie Jean. Thank you guys both so much for having me. I'm really excited for this opportunity. You were uh, you were in our green room waiting for us to introduce you. How are how are the accommodations in the green room? Oh, they're quite lovely. They are absolutely wonderful. <laughs> tell tell us about your program. Rachel Rachel said it's 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 a wonderful program and it does so much good. Tell us about it. So we are Addict to Advocate. We started. Um, we've been around since around January of last or of this year actually. Wow. Um, we started off with a laundry service for the unsheltered population in Salt Lake. Um, we offer that. We also do a street level case management for each individual. Um, but the big part of it is just building relationships with people that are on the streets right now. Um, and in the event that they decide that they want treatment, they want something different. Um, we're there to help them. We've helped navigate um, signing up for insurance, um, referrals to different treatment programs, things like that in shelters. So we're just kind of all over the place. It's 
it's been an interesting year for sure. This is this is very topical right now because every day we're seeing news stories about the growing numbers of, of unsheltered homeless people and the health department cleaning out encampments and things like that. Why, why do you think there is such a growing uh, unsheltered population? So I think um, right now I know that there have been quite a few people displaced. Um, there have been issues with people getting laid off with COVID. Um, one story that we hear quite a bit right now is someone came here for a contract position with a company and with COVID, they were laid off, but they had come from other states. Some come from smaller towns in Nevada, um, things like that. And they come here when they're laid off, they don't have anything. They don't have a way back. They don't have a way to pay their rent. Um, and they're just, they're kind of stuck. And unfortunately, a lot of those people are people who also fall through the cracks of resources. So like for instance, single men with no children who are able to work, who are able to, you know, just basically be functional, um, no mental illness, no, you know, age requirements or anything like that. So they're falling through the cracks. What is the importance of an individual going into an organization versus your type of organization where it's boots on the ground type work? So um, I think the importance of the boots on the ground type work is just meeting people where they're at. Um, I think that that's a huge thing right now. And some people just aren't ready to go into a program. They're not ready to go. Um, they're not ready to go into treatment yet. And that's okay. Um, we're just, we're there to show them that they're loved and that they matter. And that's, I think the biggest thing is that they matter. Um, and as far as like going into an organization, some people don't want to have to go into the DWS offices. Some people are afraid to go in to, um, into the Wigan Center. And that's why we meet them literally like right where they're at. We spend three to five days, like down in the actual campsites. What is your, what is your uh, story uh, background and why you got involved and why you care about this? Uh, my background, um, I actually moved to Utah in 2012 and I was in a relationship with uh, someone who got violent. So there was domestic violence in the relationship and I actually ended up homeless in Salt Lake City maybe three or four months after I had moved here. So I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any family here. Uh, and I had to survive on those same streets. And it wasn't until I was able to get into, um, I got into a domestic violence shelter. They helped me with rapid rehousing, helped me navigate all of the resources. Um, and I got my life back. And so for me, that's a really big deal. Um, I slept at the road home many nights. And for the most part, I was just walking around the same streets that we're on now serving. Rachel, you can relate to that. I absolutely can. That's why we're street sisters. Yes. <laughs> That's why we get along so well. Exactly. I noticed that you involve a lot of people in the community in your movement as well. Because what I, was that? I noticed that you involve a lot of people from the community in your movement as well. And so I see these people and I'm seeing them grow into an element and that element is of service. And so how important is it for you as far as like community and what does it do for your soul? What do I do for my soul? <laughs> I'm actually, um, I'm learning how to do that right now. <laughs> I've been learning to, 
to actually like when we've been bringing people in to do this to do the service work i've actually been able to kind of step away a little bit and and take care of myself um because that was a big thing for me for a long time i was out there were nights that i was out from 9 p.m to 6 in the morning um bringing out hot chocolate hot meals things like that and i got to a point where one of my friends pulled me aside and she said saying this as a friend, I love you, but listen, she's like, you can't pour from an empty cup. She's like, you're giving everything you have and there's nothing left for you. And so I've learned to take a step back. Um, I've been going to the gym. I've been taking time to do things with my family um, and just, just kind of disconnect for a minute. Rachel and I are both in recovery and self-care is one of the most critical things you can do, even though like we work at Odyssey House and, and, and you've got this wonderful nonprofit going, but, but I think that was good advice for you to step back and not, and, and, and take care of yourself as well. Oh, absolutely. And I actually work a day job as well wow. <laughs> at a treatment facility, so an outpatient treatment facility. So it's, I mean, it's my entire life, but I wouldn't have it any other way, to be honest with you. You know, I, I, the, some of these articles, uh, and, and TV stories that you see about the unsheltered home, homeless population. Everybody, all the quote experts are, are trying to get together to figure out what in the hell do we do with this population? Uh, and I, I know Rachel, you've been involved in some outreach uh, as well. And, and you can't just, it's, it's my observation that you can't just go down to a group of unsheltered homeless people and say, hey, we've got a, we've got a treatment facility, we've got a job, we've got whatever, because they won't trust you. Uh, I mean, it's, it's important that you meet them where they are and not just come out once and say, hey, do you want some help? Right, I actually discussed it with both of you about um, there's underlying issues, right? And so having that force to where you're forcing someone when that is their lifestyle and the way that they are, I feel can be detrimental and more hurtful versus like going out and letting someone know that they matter and offering, coming up with other options. I have ideas, but coming up with other options. And I agree with that. I think that this issue is such a complex issue. There's not a one size fits all for everyone out there. You can't just make a blanket statement of everyone needs to get into treatment because that's not the case. Everyone has their own underlying issues as to why they're there. For me, it was domestic violence. For someone else, it may be substance use, mental illness. There's a number of things. Some people, honestly, they just, they've been out for so long that that's all they know. And so for that person, a traditional treatment program isn't going to help. They need more of like a life skills program. They need something different. Um, but, and that's, that's why this whole thing is so important is because we're going out there with, with no agenda. We're going out there just to let them know that they matter and building those relationships. Some of these people I've known um, for about three or four years now. And you've seen, we've seen like a little bit of progress each, each year that goes by. And, and that's beautiful because they're not the same as they were when we met them. There's, there's so many, I, I wish more people, we, we reach maybe anywhere between five and 12,000 viewers a week with, with Odyssey House Journals. And I wish more people who weren't connected to addiction or recovery 
would watch this to understand some of these things we're talking about. Uh, because what strikes me is there's, there's so many organizations out there right now of, of people doing service work, soap to hope. I mean, there's, uh, it's, it's like this huge community that we're sort of a, among ourselves, we know all about it, but, but I don't know that the outside world knows that there's so many people out doing this and why it's so important. I mean, Rachel, you're, you're connected to what? what? Fit to recover, fit, I mean, name, you, you could go on and on. Right, you know, right. Yeah. And so, Hope, and I, uh, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of good things like that addresses. So you have these organizations. And so Billie Jean helping with laundry and, and applications and things like that. So to Hope helping with sex trafficking and domestic violence. Like if we collaborate and come together, but offer services that these individuals will actually benefit from more of an opportunity from where they're at not just what we're telling them that they need. Because I think if you start building that, then say if they do need treatment, you just plant the seed and you keep building that trust and relationship. Because the last thing that you feel is that you matter. People can come out and tell you that, but without consistency, you don't build that trust. And you're like, I, I haven't mattered this entire time. I've been invisible. And you're telling me I matter today. It's that consistency and showing up. And then you start feeling a little bit better. Like, you know what? Maybe I do matter. Maybe I can do this. And so that's the piece that we really need to focus on. When, when you first went out, uh, Billie Jean, and you like to say the first time you meet a group of people that are strangers to you and you're a stranger to them, what, what's the initial response until they get to know you and know that you're going to be coming back again and again? Uh, people are typically very standoffish because there have been many people that come out who do this for a little while and then they just stop showing up. And I've actually had, I actually had a woman say that to me one time. She, she um, was getting services and we were, we were giving clothes and like talking over food and everything. And she's like, so when are you going to stop showing up? And that, that hit me because that's, that's a big thing. You've got people that are, that are getting close to you and that are opening up to you that haven't really had that for a while. And then sometimes people just disappear from their lives. And that really struck me and that really, and like Rachel said, like I've had people who, you know, you tell them that they matter over and over and they're just like, no, I don't, nobody cares about me. Like my family doesn't care. My, you know, my friends have all disowned me because I'm out here. And it's like, yeah, but, but we're here now. And, and you do matter. Your life matters, your existence matters. And it's, it's really, it's sad really. I mean, cause you, you see them go through these emotions and that's why the consistency is so important. Um, and that's actually something that I learned from January from Soap to Hope. Um, when I first started talking about this, one of the things that she told me was like, you have to be consistent. You can't just be an in and out. You have to be consistent, and that's and we've been consistent since day one. What are, what are some of the basic? You, you mentioned laundry. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, to some of us who have a home and laundry facilities, it's like, <laughs> wow. I mean, what are some of the basic, the the basic needs that that unsheltered homeless have that you, that your group provides? Uh, so that's definitely one of them is laundry. Um, just bringing out people's items after they're washed and dried and folded, like it makes a total difference in their entire day. Um, 
because I don't, I don't know. I love the feeling of warm, clean clothes. And that's, we actually started it during the winter time. And that's when the health department was kind of picking up on the camp abatements and things like that. We would go out ahead of time and get the blankets and wash them and bring them back. So they weren't frozen. They weren't seen as a public health risk. Um, but some of the other things that we offer, we bring food out daily. We bring water. Um, now that it's getting colder, we're providing hot chocolate for people, um, warm food when possible. Um, we bring clothing, hand warmers, uh, personal hygiene kits. We actually just had, um, a, I guess, a troop, I don't know, a squad from the, um, from the Army Reserve reached out to us, and they had made us a, a bunch of hygiene kits to bring out with wool socks, um, snacks, all sorts of stuff in them. So um, that's, that's what we're providing right now. Um, eventually, we're hoping to expand it to some other things, but that's what we're able to do right now. If somebody and, wants to help your group, how can they do that? Um, reach out. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram, um, Addict to Advocate. We accept donations, um, Venmo. We accept clothing, any kind of items that help people on the streets. Um, we just ask that they're weather appropriate for the, for the season um, and that they're in, in good shape. What, uh, there's a, I've been on, I've been on several of the committees when they were formulating plans for Operation Rio Grande and Pamela Atkinson, who's a wonderful advocate for the, for people experiencing homelessness, she raised a question and I think the question has never been answered is what, what is the ultimate solution for I mean, we can offer Odyssey House or what's your day job? Where do you work? Uh, Olympus Healing Center. Oh, okay. Uh, and or you can go out or, or First Step or any House of Hope can go out and say, hey, we can offer you treatment. And the resource centers can say, we have beds available, but there's a group of people, as you well know, because you get to know them, who don't want to go into a program or go into a resource center and they keep being moved around for, you know, reasons that the health department has a pretty legitimate reason be for, for, for safety and health. What is the ultimate solution for the group of unsheltered homeless people who don't want to be part of a program or a shelter or anything else? What's the ultimate solution? Um, one thing that I would like to see in the future is maybe some type of safe zone, some type of sanctioned area. Um, I mean, obviously it would be managed. It wouldn't be complete lawlessness, but some type of area where these individuals who, who have adapted to this lifestyle and who, who don't want to leave, that they can just exist peacefully. I mean, maybe have some sort of trash pickup, have adequate um, like toilet setting, like porta potties, uh, hand washing sinks, showers, just kind of like a little campground. Um, or I know that there's also been an option that's being looked at as like a tiny home village um, where it's a managed area where people can learn a trade, where they have a garden, where they're self-sufficient there. And each person has a job because when you give them jobs, they typically take pretty big pride in their areas. Um, just kind of among themselves. But I feel like those would be something really good to look at in the future um, for those individuals who don't 
fit into those programs and who kind of fall through the cracks and who just don't want to go. I feel like we should give them, at least give them that option. It seems like such a simple solution, right? Like I completely agree with you. Those are, those are my thoughts, but it seems so hard to attain, right? Like um, say like employment, it, it, it's hard to have people hire. So if we begin with maybe like tax breaks for hiring individuals living in that community, right? Because a lot of times like the, the clothing or they're not very skilled at certain things or need to learn. And even just that first face-to-face can be used against them based on say if they haven't been able to shower or you know things like that or maybe even if they have records um criminal records right that has kept them in this cycle and so there's a lot of different areas that i if we just could collaborate like we could build that and i think that said it beautifully and that's that's kind of what I look when I think about it. That's kind of what I envision is just having this area where people can go and stop in and shower, but not not quite like the Wigan Center, um, just something kind of open and freestanding where it's an area that's known like this is this is their community, this is their spot, and like that's okay, um, where they can just kind of come and go and shower, and if they need to like shave and you know pick up some clean clothes or you know just something. This type of work is so, it's crucial and it's so important. What would you say to individuals that wanted to go out and start doing some work? Because there are safety concerns. There are some things that come into play. And so I think when people might see a podcast like this, they'll just go down and they want to help out. Like, what would you suggest for if somebody does want to help out? Um, honestly, I would say reach out to some of the already existing groups. Um, maybe go out and get like a warm handoff kind of a thing go out and get to know the people first um because that's actually something we had an issue with within our own organization is that we have volunteers come out with us as a group and then decide that they want to go out alone without someone who's been there for a while and it put them in some pretty difficult situations um and I would, I definitely wouldn't recommend just going straight down there, especially if you're by yourself um, and if you don't know the areas. It, it, the public perception, I suppose, you know, a lot of people have not actually have not driven or, or been around the areas downtown, uh, like in the old Rio Grande days or, you know, on the block or, or any of the encampments or anything. Uh, to realize what exactly is going on. And others look at that and, and they're scared. And they say these people are all drunks or drug addicts or criminals uh, or drug dealers. Uh, what, enlighten our outside viewers as to who these people are and are they dangerous? I mean, you're still alive and you go out all the time. Um, no, they're not. <laughs> I mean, you have your, your ones here and there who may, who may have um, some mental health issues. Um, that can be a little bit unpredictable at times, but for the most part, these, the people that we serve and that we see are their mothers, their someone's sister or someone's brother. Um, I have honestly, I've met some of the most amazing people down there. Um, there's a woman that, um, there's one small encampment that has an older lady who she's the sweetest woman. Um, she and her husband were actually displaced 
um, after he fell off a roof. Um, he was working and he fell off a roof and then he was no longer to pay his bills. Um, and they ended up on the streets. And I mean, they are the sweetest people. They just don't fit into a lot of the, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Sorry, they just, they don't fit into the resources. They don't meet the requirements for a lot of the, the things that were being offered. Um, but this woman, she's actually met my, my three-year-old daughter because she's, my daughter's been in the car with me when I've come out there to bring them items. Um, and she calls her grandma, my daughter does. She's just, she's the sweetest woman. And they, there's, I mean, there's other people, there's actually an increase we've seen in young teenagers out there. Um, but for the most part, no, not everyone out there is dangerous. Not everyone is a drug addict. Not everyone is um, mentally ill to where they're gonna come attack you. They're not scary people. They're, they're just people like, like us, like you and I, um, who have just fallen on harder times. Rachel, any thoughts? You you hang you 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 went out with soap to hope several times. Uh, same observation that Billie Jean has. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree with what Billie Jean is saying for sure. I think that also I think that people just look at the outside perception, dirty, gross, smelly, you know, just things like that. They just see an outside view, but when you take a deeper, in-depth look. Why is the person eating? Why is the person homeless? Why is the person acting out? Or, you know, there's the reasons why, and that's what we don't focus on because only then we can really create change and help individuals. But so to hope going out to motel rooms, there is it is a magical feeling. And granted, when I go to hotel rooms and I see I see females and I see males um, struggling, it is not pretty, it is felt, it is all these things. There is illegal activity. Um, but at the same time, like they need love, like somebody to show up and say, hey, it's okay. How can I help you? Or what do you need? It's actually seeing the whys of it. And that's what we don't address is the actual whys. And, and you know, we're approaching Christmas. Whenever people watch this, it may be after Christmas. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Billy Jean, tell me, I mean, like what's going to happen uh, say on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day for the people in all these encampments? Um, there are, there's a lot of really interesting dynamics in some of the camps. Some camps actually, uh, last year they actually had a little Christmas tree at one of the camps and they decorated it. And they have these, these cool little family dynamics where they have a street mom and a street dad and they have their street sisters and brothers. And, and it's really cool. Um, I know that we try to go down on holidays, especially to bring little gifts and, and little things like that. And I would encourage people to do that, um, to go down. Like I know some people who haven't ever been down and I know I said earlier, don't go out if you've never been out, but if you're just driving through and dropping things off, like that's, that's totally different. Um, but I would encourage people to do that, to go out and to bring gifts to these people and let them know that they're not forgotten and that they do matter. Um, but that's Christmas Day last year. I know we celebrated. Um, we said some people had Christmas trees, but we brought food out and we brought hot chocolate and just spent some time with each each little individual camp and brought a little bit of joy. I hope. <laughs> so you're, uh, believe it or not, a half hour's up already. They go fast, don't they? 
Uh, so how do we look you up to, to help your organization? So we are on Facebook and Instagram, um, Addict to Advocate. And there's always someone that can answer any questions if you reach out. I think there's five of us who answer questions in the inboxes. So we'd love to hear from you guys. And you can buy some of the gear on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's where I found it was Instagram. And the, the proceeds and the, the material is fantastic. And especially the prints on the front and what it stands for. Where can you buy materials? So there's a link um, on our Facebook, but it's, I think it's axomo.addictadvocate.com. And all of the donations and all of the proceeds from the gear, every single penny that we get that comes in goes straight back into the community. None of us get paid for this. We're all volunteers. Um, like literally everything goes back. Billy Jean, you do a great job. And it was really great talking to you on Odyssey House Journals. Rachel, um, my phone is ringing and, and, and the person who answered it and gave me a message said, Igor's on the phone. He wants to talk to you. So, so should I just sort of brush him off a little or? Yeah, yeah. All right. As usual, it's been fun spending time with you, Rachel. Thank you. You too, Randall. All right. Well, on behalf of uh, Billie Jean, Rachel, and myself, thank you for watching Odyssey House Journals. Bye. Bye. Thank you.